Hi, welcome to Promo Insiders, an ASI media podcast that covers the topics that matter most to the promotional products industry. I'm Chris Ruvo for ASI. Today, we're talking about supply chain disruption in promo, and we have the perfect expert guest to weigh in. Andrea Rutsen is chief merchant at Alpha Broder Primeline, the second largest supplier in the industry. She has about 30 years of experience in global sourcing, and she's been in the thick of navigating the supply chain challenges facing promo. Andrea, thanks for being with us. Chris, thank you. Yes. Um, so I, I think by now, most of the people in the industry are pretty aware of what's going on with, with the supply chain uh, challenges. Those, those challenges, of course, they've, they've translated to inventory shortfalls and rising product prices and longer production times and even issues with customer service. You know, the, the list can kind of go on. Um, you know, it was interesting. I think, Andrea, we were communicating a while back and you said that, you know, you've, you've done global sourcing through wars and natural disasters and political upheaval, terrorism, you know, on and on. And um, none of those things alone, uh, you know, compare to the to the disruption that we're seeing as as a result of COVID-19, which is which is just crazy. So I think um, given that, I think the big question on everybody's mind is, when do you think some of the supply chain pressures we're experiencing are going to start to ease? Oh, that's the that's the sixty four thousand dollar question, isn't it? So, I mean, really, the honest answer is it depends on so much, Chris. Um, you know, we've the the global supply chain depends on so many inputs from all over the world, and it's really been something that's been honed over the past, I would call it forty plus years. You know, really, we've experienced a period of relative global stability that's allowed us to really be very precise and extract value and really refine that. Um, so as you know, as we said earlier, the pandemic just turned all that upside down. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've really learned how fragile it is, you know, when everything isn't running with, you know, military precision. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really what we've experienced. Um, you know, so really for the first time in a long time, we've all of us have really had to pivot to almost like real time planning. Okay. You know, what what makes sense today might not make sense next week. And and these there's so many, you know, so many different inputs that affect that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at Alpha Broder, we have the advantage of working with lots of different suppliers, large and small, retail, our own private brands. So we really have a nice view um, of kind of what's going on, you know, so it's really helped us. We've really, you know, even at the second half of last year, we really pivoted with our partners and really started to talk about like long range planning and how we can really sort of focus on what, you know, what's the most important and really build that because, you know, right now it's difficult to plan. It's difficult Mm -hmm. to have, you know, sort of that precision, that predictability that we all like. Um, So, you know, right now on the apparel side, we're very much focused on sort of seasonal purchases, right? So, you know, rather than thinking about the products that our customers might want to buy six months from now, we're really thinking about the products they want to buy now. So fleece and outerwear, you know, is moving to our hard goods side, the same really really holiday gift giving, you know, premium products, retail products. So really trying to focus our supply chain team more on our real-time product needs, um, you know, versus sort of those every product, every day um, supply chain that we have become accustomed to. Um, so, you know, I think a lot of people are not predicting. It, mm-hmm. it normalizes to some degree till maybe the second half of next year. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, we're just going to be really focused on improvements in areas that matter the most to our okay. customers. Okay. So what, what if I'm hearing you right, it's almost like 
we're not hoping for that for that better day because there's so many variables that are going to come into play that it's pretty difficult to accurately predict when things start to normalize. But you're just trying trying to deal with best practices in the short term to kind of get you through this through this period. That said, if it sounds like maybe if some things come together well, if possible, maybe after Chinese New Year next year, which is February thereabouts, into the second half of next year, you don't see a full-scale jump back to what we would call a pre-COVID normalcy. But maybe, maybe it's that it's hey, it's easing, and some of this madness we've been experiencing at least starts to come down from fever pitch. Does does that sound fair? <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, to, to, to sort of flip it around, if we, you know, if we kind of went back to exactly the way it was pre-COVID, that might be, you know, that would be a loss, right? So I think mm -hmm. we've learned a lot. Um, so, you know, we, we've been looking at sort of, you know, this idea about really focusing in on those products, those brands that, you know, really make sense. Um, and, you know, a lot of conversation has been had with our partners um, on skew rationalization and really thinking about, um, you know, there's a there's an adage in retail, a saying it's called like the 80-20 rule, like 80% of your revenue comes from 20% of your customers or 80% of your revenue comes from 20% of your SKUs. Um, so, you know, at Alpha Broder, we, you know, we've been looking at our assortment that way for a long time. We have our Prime Plus, you know, and, you know, in, in our industry, you would be surprised, um, you know, the, the, the amount of styles or, you know, colors that make up that bottom 20% of the revenue, what we call internally the tail, okay. is probably five or six times the size of the styles and colors that make up the, tw the top 80% of revenue. That's, that's crazy to think about. Yeah, yeah, it really is. I mean, it's, it's, you know, sort of we, I always say we are an industry that likes constant newness Yes. We don't like anything to change, you know. So I think, you know, what this will teach us, and this will make our industry really stronger, is, you know, we need newness. We need innovation. Um, hey, I'm the product person. So, I, you know, that's, <laughs> I love to do new product, but we right. want to be responsible. And we've learned how, how fragile the supply chain is mm -hmm. that depends on, like, you know, sort of excess choice, excess you know, inventory. So, you know, we're not going to pull back in a draconian fashion, but I think the industry can really look at, um, take a hard look at that and make really good choices to make our supply chain much more resilient so that we're not so impacted when, um, you know, kind of hiccups happen, you know, because it's difficult to manage, you know, in a precision um, environment, I think for the, for the short, short term, for sure. So, so given that um, it sounds like one of the big best, new best practices that might emerge from from all this is we might we might see a streamlining if you will of, of the SKUs available in the industry and maybe being a bit more selective about the new products that we do develop and, and actually bring to market so that's that's an interesting development for sure to come of the to, to come from this but what are some of like the other best practices that might emerge from this because just listening to you now you could tell that so much learning you know, it's not the yeah. way we want to learn. It's a it's yeah. a painful way of learning, but so much learning is happening. It seems on the supply chain side. What are some of those new best practices? Um, you know, that suppliers and importers are, are learning and that they can implement, and how might that make our industry better in the long term? So I can honestly say that you know, since this, you know, the pandemic hit and all of this has happened, our relationships with our partners have gotten better. Um, you know, communication has always been key and super important. 
Um, but we're collaborating, communicating even more. Um, you know, we're always a very transparent company, um, but we've become even more transparent. So we're really um, focusing, you know, on being transparent with our supplier partners um, and and getting their feedback as well. Um, you know, we, you know, we are doing, pulling all sorts of triggers, all sorts of way that we can work differently and better. But I would say, you know, for us with our supply chain, that as well, but even more so with our customers, you know, we're, we've been hyper-focused on communication. Sometimes it's not always the, you know, the, you know, the answer we all may want to hear, but, you know, I think this has really taught us the importance of, you know, sort of we're our own supply chain. You know, our customers, our customers, customers, you know, all of our sales and marketing folks and supply chain. I mean, I just want to call out, you know, not only at Alpha Broder Primeline, but throughout the industry, you know, just the folks that work in the supply chain. This has been like, you know, blocking and tackling every day. It's been very, you know, so I think, um, you know, like anytime you go through a difficult you know, a situation, you can really pull together and make things better. And I do believe that, um, you know, these, these like sort of strengthened relationships we've all formed will really help us, you know, other things, you know, you can think about again is, um, thinking about better planning, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, there's always going to be that, you know, sort of last minute need, but where you can, you know, planning, planning ahead with your supplier partners and with your customers, um, it, it can only make the industry better. All right. Um, before we go on, let me just say that if you're listening to this live, you know, please uh, type in any questions, and we'll, um, you know, we'll, we'll try to get to them if they're, you know, relevant to the topic. Of course, comments welcome as well. Uh, we're happy to hear what you're thinking and try to respond to that. Um, so, Andrea, so so obviously that 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 improved communication is going to be big. It sounds like streamlined SKUs are another of, of the big things that are that are going to kind of come of this. One other thing that had occurred to me just in, in talking with you and other sourcing experts, you, do you think that we might see some shift, some continued shift to new countries or even even bringing sor- some sourcing to, say, like, you know, our hemisphere, if you will, like, you know, sourcing, say, closer in Latin America, for example, or the Caribbean, maybe. Uh, just to, just to maybe circumvent some of the issues of getting stuff from so far away to North America. Do you, do you see that happening as well, or is that not really in the works yet? So it really depends on sort of the product categories, right? Because sourcing is, you know, every sourcing region of the world can't do every single product at every mm-hmm. single price point. So I do believe that, um, you know, people that do sourcing are looking at that on a, on a daily basis, constant mm-hmm. basis. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and sourcing depends not only just on manufacturing, but also on a lot of, you know, sort of governments and policies and things like that. So, you know, it will be interesting to see if different, you know, kind of policymakers and governing bodies and governments do um, look at this as an opportunity to make, you know, sort of shifts in sourcing, um, you know, kind of more practical. Uh, But, you know, so I think it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next couple of years. Um, you know, certainly there's products that are natural match for near sourcing, you know, Central America, South America. Uh, but that's not to say that, you know, sourcing in other regions can't be made more efficient with planning and sort of that, you know, kind of real time when you're when you're sort of really focusing on the products that sell 
and those quantities, you know, you can do sourcing in multiple regions, you know, do mm-hmm. cost blending. So I think, you know, the, the planning aspect of that and ways that we can look to improve our supply chain, um, you know, can can make even, you know, sourcing in Asia and Africa um, more efficient, not take, you know, six months and things like that. You know, so I think everyone's going to be looking at that for sure. It's a great question, Chris. Awesome. awesome. Um, interesting. So we had a question come in, and I, I think this is um, from a distributor perspective. And, and the question is, how far in advance should you plan in our new normal? So I, I, I think what 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 the and if we're wrong, let us know. But I think what's being asked is, hey, I'm I'm trying to get orders produced for my my client on time. How much lead time to suppliers, generally speaking, kind of need nowadays to 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 be able to fulfill this and make sure you know it's going to go off the way my client wants it to. You know, it's that's a difficult question to answer with much precision, right? You know, each each week is different. Each um, you know kind of region is different. You know, we have distribution centers across you know North America. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the best answer is as much time as possible. Yeah. Um, honesty and transparency with your with your distributor partner, your supplier partner, is good. Um, you know, we've we've seen incredible response from our customers. Or just, you know, giving us real-time dates, not sandbagging, like saying, this is what I need. Mm-hmm. Um, flexibility with product selections. Um, so um, it'll it'll evolve, you know. I mean, we've even seen it, you know, we've seen it with our own personal lives. You know, we might want to get something done in our home or we might want to buy something. And, you know, I think flexibility is, is really key. Um, and I think all of us are willing to, you know, go to bat when we can, mm-hmm. um, you know, if the inventory is there and we, we can try to do it, we will. But um, I don't think it's anything that we can say, you know, add another week, you know, at this yeah. time. Yeah. There's not a, there's not a, you know, an algebraic formula basically right. that you can apply at, at, at this point. And unfortunately, I'm sure every, yeah. everybody would like to be able to provide that, you know, to end clients right. and for suppliers to provide it to distributors. But maybe at this point, given all the, the contingencies it's not it's not realistic yet so it sounds like if there is the big takeaway is boy just get it ordered as as far in advance as possible and you probably stand a better shot of getting the products that you want you know when you when when you want to buy so that's maybe just the best practice to observe going forward so in in there andrew though you mentioned the magic word on everybody's mind inventory right we all know that one of the big supply chain challenges has been that there've been inventory shortfalls and it's not particular to one category or one supplier. It's, it's, it's across the board. It's a big deal. Um, so given that, what do you think the inventory situation in promo is going to look like in, in Q4? Um, and yeah, I'll leave it at that. Just you, you, like, what is it going to look like? Are we going to have products? You know, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think everyone is steadily building up their inventory, you know, do we, is it where exactly where we want it to be right now? No, you know, but um, I, as I said before, we are really trying to plan and focus on kind of those products that make up the, you know, kind of the foundation of our customers' business. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there'll be pockets, you know, where we can be strategic, you know, we can fill in holes, we'll do a little bit of air shipping. You know, we work with many of our retail brand partners who have been great with helping us if they have stock, if they have inventory to fill in a hole. So, you know, I, you know, I think there is inventory. It's not the inventory levels we've been used to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're building our inventory right now on fleece and outerwear products. We feel 
you know, we'll be able to service, you know, our fourth quarter needs better, Mm -hmm. but we're not going to build to those levels of safety stock that everyone's, you know, sort of used to, you know, you go on to, um, uh, you know, a supplier partner and you see they've got 5,000 plus of this, this, and this. So, um, you know, I think we are going to be able to do that. I don't think we'll be able to start building our safety stock levels to, you know, more comfortable levels until as we go into the, you know, the first half of next year. Um, so, you know, it is, it is, that's the single biggest challenge, right, is finding the inventory. But, you know, we're finding customers who are being very flexible with products and, and, you know, work with your sales rep, you know, at Alpha Burger, we, you know, we can, we can, we help all the time with products, you know, what, what makes a good alternative to this, you know, and, you know, we're happy to do that. Um, so I do know that our supplier partners are working like Matt to do this, and it's on top of everyone's mind. Um, and, 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 would you, and would you say, just in, in speaking with you know other colleagues within the industry, and just you know even in other industries related industries like retail, that that's that that's kind of generally the scenario that you're going to encounter, where safety stock levels are not going to be you know at, at you know what you'd expect them to be. And, you know, they're trying to beef up on those core products in the core categories, mm-hmm. but maybe some of those more unique niche items you're not going to either you're not going to find or you're not going to find a lot of depth on them. So if you're looking for those kind of products if you, as a promo distributor, again, even more more impetus to order farther in advance for that for the gifting season, if possible. All, all fair to say, Andrea? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I read I read a, something last week um, from a CEO of a major U.S. retailer who, you know, really called the supply chain and the inventory more lumpy. Mm-hmm. So he said that there's certain areas, of course, where there's shortages, mm-hmm. um, but there's other areas. It's just lumpy and it's uneven, mm-hmm. you know, so they're, you know, they're doing things um, with their, their supply chain as well, you know, kind of pulling orders forward where they can, you know, engaging with their customers to say, hey, this is where we're deep in inventory. This is where we have stock. Um you know, it's just, it's, you know, it, think of it when, you know, you go into a store for yourself. Like mm-hmm. I just went into Target last week and, you know, I, I was used to seeing like stacks and stacks of products, but maybe mm-hmm. I only need one, but it's that nice feeling when you see like 27 different selections. Sure. So maybe just a little bit of a temporary, you know, um, adjustment, mm-hmm. you know, sort of in that mindset of that sort of instant gratification. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there is inventory coming in and we're working really hard to staff up our distribution centers to receive it, you know, working closely with our domestic transportation partners. So um, there's so many inputs, right? So it's it's used to be, you know, if something was ready, you called up the DC, they made an appointment, boom, you know, so, um, but it's an incredible amount of coordination behind the scenes. You know, okay. with our supply chain people to get goods in and out and decorate it for the hard goods. So, so based on what you said, it was interesting that 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 lumpy kind of gives a nice image, I think, to, to yeah. what's going on. Um, and it just, as you said that, it occurred to me to ask, um, you know, are there certain? I'm not talking about just at Alpha Bird. I'm talking industry wide. Is there certain categories that might that that might be you know beefier on inventory than others, and then uh, and then certain categories where we might be thinner you know like for me i think like you hear about all these chip shortages boy tech products might be certain tech products might be an issue like is there categories like that that you think could be hit harder than others 
Well, I mean, speaking speaking on the apparel side, for sure, you know, we're definitely focusing on, uh, and our supplier partners are definitely focused right now on seasonal goods. So fleece and, you know, t-shirts and the top sewing, you know, kind of colors and sizes. Um, you know, China right now, I think a lot of what's going on with the hard goods coming in, there's a lot of competition for space, you know, because retail expects to have a, a banner holiday season, you know, from mm-hmm. a consumer level. So we are definitely, you know, looking at, you know, kind of how to get um, the different products categories out of China um, for like, so those classic hard goods categories. So I think the lumpiness is going to continue. Mm-hmm. You know, I hesitate to make any sort of brand statements about this product's not going to be available, but I think it's going to, there's going to, you know, just like a flexibility and working really closely on visibility. Um, so working really hard to bring in, you know, we're, we definitely think um, and see trends for holiday being, again, like we saw last uh, holiday and premium gifts. You know, people are very focused and users focused on employee retention, thanking their customers, thanking their employees. So um, I think, you know, we're definitely focused on making sure those fourth quarter holiday, um, you know, kind of gift giving things are as strong as we can make them. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, we had a, we had a question come in from uh, Teresa McKinnon and um, she's actually, so. yeah, she's, she's asking like the root cause, what is the root cause of all this supply chain disruption? She's saying, you know, there's been a, is it an explosion of orders with business getting back to work? Is it manufacturers behind due to pandemic shutdowns and getting back to speed or a combination of the two? Yes. Yes. And much more. Right. Right. Andrea, do you want, do you want to take that one? <laughs> Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's not one thing, you know, you know, typically you might have a situation in a supply chain where a certain region of the world has a natural disaster. So, you know, things shut down, or you might have a a port strike, or you might have a political unrest, or, you know, a crop failure. So there's shortage, like this was like everything, you know, you brought it up right as we kicked off, Chris. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, every, everything isn't in its normal place. So, it's and it's just that it's it's very hard to pinpoint. You know, last week our CEO Dan Pantano sent a, a note to the industry just about all the things that are going into just the cost inputs. It's mm-hmm. it's labor, it's it's equipment, it's mm-hmm. you know it's raw materials, you know transportation. I mean, container rates out of Asia are like ten times what they were. Mm-hmm. So you know it is it's. It's like 52 car pickup for the world. Like everything yeah. just is not where it's supposed to <laughs> right. be. And it's not an easy fix because you've got rolling shutdowns throughout the world. You know, mm-hmm. things open and, you know, it's things open, then close, open, then close, open, then close. So it is. And it's, um, it's, it, there isn't just, it, it's, you know, there's no control group. There is, there's, it's everything right. all at once. Right. It's, it's, and the, and of course, just to even be more fundamental, the basic supply chain of our industry, right, is that, yeah, we're based here in, in the United States, North America, but most of what we sell here is produced overseas, particularly sure. in China. You have to get it here. Every industry in the world is bouncing back post COVID. There's right. huge right. demand to get on those for the shipping capacity. There's not enough capacity. Even when you get it here, there's congestion at the ports, then there's congestion right. in the rails. Absolutely. There's so, even if you might have product ordered, shipped to, to uh, New York or to uh, Los Angeles, and it's just sitting there, and then you get it on the rail, but the rail guys are backed up, and then right. and then and then once it you know finally gets to your warehouse, that particular supplier might be dealing with labor shortages because the labor market's so tight, so they can't 
get everything stocked and decorated yeah. as fast as they used. It's just this, ah, pull your hair it's out scenario that's, that's affecting, that just goes yeah. right from the beginning of the supply chain to the end. Um, let's jump into this next question, though, because it's an important one. Um, do you see product prices uh, continuing to climb through the end of the year, or do you think they've kind of plateaued? Because obviously, we've already seen increases as a, uh, as a result of COVID and the supply chain disruptions. But do you see more increases, or are we finally kind of leveled out? Um, I think that's, you know, that's difficult to say, but I think we're going to continue to see price volatility and with so many, you know, so many things still not functioning smoothly. There's, there's yarn shortages, you know, there's the labor is a huge issue, um, both, you know, in, you know, in this country as well as others. So I do, unfortunately, you know, see continued, um, I think, price adjustments. And we're going to see that as we go through the rest of the quarter. Um, I think what everyone, you know, wants to know is like, is this the ceiling, you know, but, you know, I, I never thought we'd see containers that cost 10 times what they've, they've seen. So, yeah. you know, we're starting to see some um, policy and government intervention, you know, in the mm -hmm. supply chain, which I think is good um, because, you know, some of the costs are a bit runaway, but there's mm -hmm. certain things that we can't, you know, yarn shortages are real, you know, mm -hmm. and that's not something that's going to change overnight. So I think we're going to see continued price volatility for sure. Um, right. And, you know, it's just, and I think that's everywhere, not just in our industry, but I think it's, you know, there's a huge demand, you know, mm -hmm. at a consumer level, at a business level. So, you know, it's the old law of supply and demand. I think that'll play for a while um, okay. until we start to see, you know, some things. But, you know, we talked earlier, Chris, as we got more efficient, you know, as we have, you know, sort of we're focusing our, our supply chain activities on, you know, sort of those, those, you know, bigger products and mm -hmm. being responsible with our assortment. I think ultimately we could start to, you know, get some real efficiencies there. Um, okay. But there's so many things happening right now, you know. Yeah. And, and to the points, the points you're making there, what's driving those product price increases, it's, it's not like it's a cash grab by suppliers trying to make up lost revenue yeah. mm -hmm. after it's, it's, Hey, our container costs increased, you know, 10, 15, 20 times over and our, and the factory and, you know, the exchange rate between the U S and China has not gone favorably for, for us. Um, labor you know, rates, the labor, la labor rates, if you, you, yeah. you know, you are higher in this market, you got to be willing to pay and to compensate yeah. you know, more than you were a year or so ago, some, in some cases, substantially more. So all those things and more, um, factor into product, what a product costs. Absolutely. And, um, and I think not everybody always totally gets that. And that's, and that's, that's why things are going up the, the, the way that they are. So bottom line is it's, it's, there's a, there's a chance we could potentially see, and we're, of course, we're not speaking about any one supplier, but industry wide potential more price adjustments, price increases yeah. you know, yeah. before the end of the year in, into 2022. So it's be aware of that as a distributor and, and it's, it's, you know, educate clients about it. And, yeah. and you could even share some of, the, of this podcast with them if you like, because it would, it would help explain why those costs are occurring because it's not the distributor's fault. It's not the supplier's fault. It's just what's happening in the marketplace. So, yeah. And to that earlier question, um, the, the, the um, person that asked, you know, what's the one contributor? Why is the supply chain? It's a very similar thing um, relative to pricing, you know, our, the, in the message Dan uh, sent to the industry last week, it's, it's not just one thing, you know, it's, it's labor rates. It's, mm -hmm contain, you know, it's transportation costs, it's raw material shortages. Um, so it, they all play and depending on the product, they play in different ways. Um, so it is, it's, it's a very, it's a very complex, um, a complex sort of puzzle right now. 
Yeah. Got it. So, um, so one of the other big factors in this this whole messy equation is um, is transport, right? Like the the supplier could have the product, you know, the the decorator could get it decorated, it could look fantastic, it's all shipped up and ready to go, or packaged up rather than ready to go. But somebody needs to deliver that to the final destination. And we all remember last year how crazy that was during the holiday season, trying to get stuff delivered because there just wasn't enough shipping and delivery capacity domestically to move right. the product. Do you see that? happening again this year? Do you think there's going to be the same kind of challenges or have some of those issues improved? Well, I mean, it's, it's no secret that, you know, last year the pandemic supercharged online purchasing, mm-hmm. right? So we've seen a lot of changes, even within our own industry, um, a lot of online purchasing within our industry. Um, we used to buy product for our industry at and deliver it at an event or a company meeting. So a lot of that shifted to, um, you know, residential delivery. You know, I heard a statistic last week that 60% of like, you know, a FedEx or a UPS is now delivering to residential. And that's sort of like the the tail of domestic transport. Like I've talked about the tail of, yeah. you know, sort of those like inefficient, hard to replenish um, styles that don't sell a lot, that you've got mm-hmm. the same thing with residential. So that's put like burden, but that didn't exist pre-pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. So now, you know, a company might say, I, I want to give all of my employees a gift, you know, appreciate. Whereas before that all go to the office, they'd all get distributed mm-hmm. at the office. Now they're saying distribute these 300 great kits to 300 unique addresses. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, that's, that's, that's causing part of the domestic transportation. Add that to all of the online purchasing, you know, for consumers that would might have went to the store, but are now ordering online, mm-hmm. you know, we're all ordering um, differently. Uh, so, you know, we're working really closely with our partners that do our domestic transport, not just our main partners like a UPS, but also with some regional Um, so again, it's just, you know, you used to order something and maybe you got next day delivery. It's just, everything takes a little bit longer to get there. Um, so, you know, we're hoping we don't see sort of those package caps that, um, a lot of the industry saw last year, but again, you know, I sound like a broken record, but it's planning a little bit, allowing for extra time. Um, and knowing that, you know, I think, you know, I think everyone is geared up for it. But it's mm-hmm. hard to predict. But okay. you know, for sure, you know, that's we're we're working hard to get geared up for that. Yes, and that's I think that's the big theme. You said it there. If we've kind of run, run throughout this uh, chat, we, we've hit the order in advance, plan in advance whenever possible, and you could circumvent some of those issues. So, um, guy, I have two more questions for you. Okay. They're kind of the same question, but okay. um, you know. What can suppliers and distributors do on on each of their respective ends to kind of mitigate some of these issues? You know, there's, you know, and they're doing it. Many are doing it already, but just, you know, you know, what, what can continue to go on to get us through as effectively as possible our busiest time of the year, which is usually these, you know, September onward into December. You know, it's, it's, it's the same message over and over again. It's really taking a step back and really, doing your best to partner with your suppliers, with your customers, you know, kind of forming that, that your own little mini supply chain, you know, talking through understanding needs, Um, you know, look at this is, you know, we're a culture and industry that really um, has got used to instant gratification, you know, and it's just, it's like, you know, for the time being, we all have to just sort of 
understand that this is not, um, look, we're humans. We like predictability. You know, we've all planned our businesses on reliability and predictability. So um, we're all sort of in uncharted territory. So really kind of that, um, you know, just enhanced communication and look, being a little flexible. Um, we all, you know, we, we all are waiting a little bit longer. We're all, you know, kind of, you know, so making those kind of plans as best as we can. Um, so, you know, it's just a lot of people are working really hard across the entire industry, you know, to do the best that we can. But I think collaboration, transparency, working together, you know, just good old fashioned partnership is, is more important today, I think, than, you know, any. And as a result, we'll, we'll be better. You know, it'll be better. It'll be better coming out of this. Oh, well, that's a really nice, positive thought, I think, to, um, to end on. You gave us a ton of your time today. Um, Andrea Rudson of Alpha Broder, thank you so much thank for you, um, chatting with us on Promo Insiders. I, I learned a lot. I hope everybody that um, heard pleasure. the chat, too. Yeah. Thanks, for thanks so much. Bye, everyone. Bye.